Let me just make sure we're live here. Okay, good. Yep, there you go. See, Facebook has been hating on me. Every time, <laughs> every time I try to go live, Facebook makes it private. Okay, so now it's public so people can see it. All right. Give me one quick second. All right, let me get this. Sorry about the technical difficulties, y'all. <laughs> we get ready to get this thing started. Here we go. What up, y'all? It's your boy, Tony Lindsay. Let me get my camera looking a little bit better instead of using this cheap camera. All right. Yeah. Welcome to the uh, town hall that I wanted to do here. Um, what you saw, there was just a little like little bootleg intro I was coming up with for the podcast that's getting ready to come. And I'm going to be doing that very soon. But uh, I wanted to do this town hall today because... Uh, if, as you all are aware, there was a, a shooting that happened, uh, I guess it was like a week or so ago, where a 14-year-old and his mom were charged with murder and I think child endangerment, um, where a man was beating on a woman. I, I forgot his name. I think his last name is Brown. Jeremy Brown. Jeremy Brown. He was assaulting uh, Carlicia Hood, and her son pulled out a gun and shot him. And he subsequently died and there's been i've noticed that there's been a lot of conversations surrounding this particularly between black men and women where they're because it was just recently announced that all charges were dropped and that's when the firestorm started so i have with me today dr rick wallace who i'd like to welcome to our town hall who is going to give us his uh expert opinion on what's been going on more so from a psychological perspective um maybe if you can introduce yourself brother into the audience just so they know who you are and what you do okay my name is rick wallace i hold dual doctorates in theology and psychology uh i operate the visionetics institute where i do a lot of uh, empowerment type performance psychology, but I also have a very deep background in trauma healing and sociological issues, having written uh, work and published books on multi-generational trauma. Uh, one of my developed theories is cogn collective cognitive bias uh, syndrome. Uh, 
um, which is something that's actually happening now with this particular issue. Uh, but I've been doing this now for 35 years. Uh, I have a channel on YouTube, The Black Voice, I have a podcast called Ascension. Uh, but uh, that's enough about me. Uh, I've been doing it for a while. I've written over 26 books. So um, this is where I'm going to come from is how we get to the, the discussion we're having today based off of the mindset of men and women and where it comes from. All right, brother. So to get this thing started, I had put up a post. Well, as I said earlier, uh, the, the young man, uh, he died from his injuries. And I put up a post this morning, or no, I think it was yesterday. And it was talking about basically the family of the young man who died. They put up a GoFundMe. And the response has been... I mean, a lot of people joking about it. A lot of people have been, kind, you know, I don't, I don't condone making fun of anyone who died because I think it's tragic, but it, it's safe to say it's been a, a really negative response to their appeal for help, I guess, for the funeral costs. He was a father of two daughters. And, you know, in the comment section of a post that we had today, you know, I saw a lot of different views, a lot of different perspectives from black men and black women and, one view that I noticed that really stood out to me was uh, a Facebook friend pointed out how people were really see, seeing, they were finding a lot of joy in the death of a black man and he labeled it as misandry. So, um, yeah, I, I think I commented on it. I didn't come back to see what his response was, but I definitely commented on that. And I think that his view comes from a frustration that many black men have because number one, we are the most maligned and marginalized group in the US. We don't normally experience power. We normally go invisible uh, where pathways have been paved, especially in academia for our sisters. We still find a hard road to toe uh, in em employment careers, pay and so forth. I think that we're the only group racially where our women pretty much make the same thing we do on a median scale. So there's a lot of frustration there, but I also think that it's important that we delve into the discussion of defining manhoods, manhood and the characteristics of manhood, because even as men who are frustrated, we still have to have a standard of engagement and a code of conduct that governs how we behave. And I don't even think at this point in time, we have a definitive universal definition of black manhood. Right, I agree, I agree. Now, I also noticed that there's a lot of confusion about the details about what right. happened that right. day. And I think that's leading to a lot of the conflict in, in, the, in the discourse. You know, there are a lot of people who are saying that um, the mother, she sent the son to, to go shoot him. Like she called him, she texted him, come from the car and come get this dude. But that apparently that's, that didn't happen. No, that's not what happened. I mean, from from what I've been able to gather over the over the time that I looked at it, because all this stuff ends up landing on my desk uh, because I do advocacy. 
uh, in the community. It lands on my desk and people are asking at the very least my opinion. A lot of times they're asking for my input and uh, assistance. In this case, it was more about, you know, what do I think about it? And and it was when they were arrested uh, is when it landed on my desk. But the initial report was, first of all, coming from one space, which happens to be Mr. Brown's girlfriend and right. her camera and what she decided to give to the office and what she told the officers, which she told the officers that she told him to shoot him and that they chased him down and killed him and a bunch of things that ultimately didn't happen. But right. that was the initial uh, the initial thing. And so. What we're getting is all of the different angles and camera footage, uh, the surveillance footage from the actual restaurant, all the other cell phone footage from the people who were there. We find a totally different story where right. the kid uh, was outside, but he, he found out his mom was in trouble. He came in. He had the gun on him, but he didn't come in with the gun in hand to shoot. He had it on him. And yeah, I actually have a were, video of that right, while they were arguing. He just stood there. But when the guy started to strike his mom, you can see him tussling for it to pull it out. He pulls it out. And then that's when it goes away. I haven't actually seen the shooting because I try to stay away from snuff stuff. So I look I look around that part and I've avoided it. Uh, but from what I understand, it was quick. And uh, but my point and then I'm gonna let you go back. My point is real mm -hmm. simple. It's tragic that Mr. Brown lost his life. I, I hate to see any black man lose his life. Uh, but what I was always taught and what I've taught my sons and even my daughters is that the moment that you infringe upon somebody's space, you don't get to dictate the response. And the moment that he decided to hit that woman, he basically uh, gave surrendered the reins of his life into another situation that he didn't have total control. Cause even if her son wasn't there, you would have to think that she has men in her family who would now be out looking for him. This is Chicago. So, right. So right. you see here, this is where the young man, when he came in the door and he was watching, you know, the guy yelling at his mother. And this is apparently the point where the guy started to strike his mother you see that he kind of rushes like, oh, wait, what, what, what? Look, see, he's fumbling and he pulls it out, okay? So I just wanted people just to see that, just to get a little bit of context on it. Okay. That he didn't like just come in blazing. Blame it. Blame or, it. Right. Right. So how do I remove this? Okay, yeah, right. So yeah, now here's the, the, the thing. From what I saw, I don't know if anybody saw the video, but I did not see Carlisha make any advances towards him. I, I mean, she was standing there talking in defense. And there was also a narrative where people said, he said something like she actually told her son to leave. And I don't think people realize that. If you watch the video, you'll see that the first thing she said on the video was go wait in the car. She said, go to wait in the car. And he, the, you know, he was so busy yelling at her. He, I guess he mistook or he didn't know what she was talking about, but she was telling her son, go wait in the car. So, you know, there's a lot of narrative out there saying that, you know, you know, you called your son in there to be your protector, you know, like your husband, because I'm seeing this entering the narrative. 
right. that you know black men black women are treating their sons like their husbands like their boyfriends like their protectors and to be honest i do see that sort of pattern of behavior you know and i think that's something we do need to address but i don't think that that is it in this particular case no i don't either i i, I do see instances in which single mothers put more on their young sons than they should. And again, when you have the, um, the absence of a male, you can have an active father, but if there's a significant absence in time and proximity, the socialization process that comes predominantly from a grown man modeling manhood, there's a gap. You can tell him but what when you try to put him in spaces, you're trying to grow him up. You're trying to toughen him up. You're trying to give him responsibility. But what you're actually doing subconsciously is filling a space that's not there. And it's not just daddy, it's husband. And so you have to be very careful with that. And this isn't what I see in this. What I see in this is a mom who's happened to be with a son. She mm-hmm. sees things are getting kind of hectic, so she sends him away. Yes. Which was my initial response. My initial response was, why would you put your 14-year-old in a situation like that that's probably going to scar him for the rest of his life? But when you go back and you look at it, because that was my initial take on it, is my initial take was, I don't know any kid that's going to let a man hit on his mom. Beat on his he, mother. When he can do something about it. Right. And, and uh, a mother being abused is one of the 10 adverse childhood experiences that negatively impact children over the course of their life. So this doesn't stop. This man hitting his mom has consequences. Now, obviously, taking a life is something that he's going to have to really have a lot of help in dealing with. Uh, and You're talking 10 years from now, he could still be getting counseling for this. Yeah. Uh, but what I didn't see was her like basically setting this guy up to get him she's arguing with him and she's doing what women do they 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 do this they're good at it and so i don't know what happened but initially i'm thinking what could this guy have said i mean what this woman could have said to get hit but then you start to look at it and there are a number of different factors and hopefully we'll get into them but the one that stands out to me the most is his girlfriend is gassing him up to hit her and and that is a central part of the narrative that I can understand what makes so many black men upset because unfortunately we we're in a time now, like, listen, a lot of dudes get killed over some nonsense dealing with a woman. And it's usually stemming from something that she said. (laughs) And, you know, when we talk about manhood, manhood, me personally, I don't, as a man, I'm just saying, I can't be there standing there toe-to-toe arguing with a woman like that you know I, I get it you know women can put it like this if a man is arguing with a woman bro you're not winning that like you women, the moment that you start we, to argue with a woman you already lost yes and the thing is women know what buttons to press when they're arguing with you like they know every man knows especially black men know that a woman is gonna know what buttons to press to trigger you And why is that? Because I think for the the large part, like for the most part, men tend to be less emotional. They tend to be more, I would say, logically driven, while women tend to be more emotional creatures. So when they attack you to get you emotional, because you tend to maybe sometimes through their lens, they think you don't care. So they want to trigger you. Right. You know, women tend to 
to interpret our lack of emotion as a lack of love or a lack of caring. But but they also, in my opinion, I believe that they believe that since in many cases they can't hurt you physically, they're going to hurt you emotionally. Right. So so you lose that battle. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Words are not violence. But he took her words and transmogrified the whole entire situation into violence. You know, when he said, I'm my grandmama, and it's crazy that he's, he's speaking on his female ancestor. I'm my grandmama. Say another word, and I'm going to knock you out. Bro. I personally, I don't respect that from men. I don't respect men hitting women. You know what I'm saying? Nothing. And I see a lot of people saying, well, you don't know what she said to trigger him and piss him off. But which which goes to manhood, a cultural cultural norm that we really need to deal with. Uh, I said the same thing you said. There's absolutely no justification for a man putting his hand on a woman outside. She's an actual physical threat because she has a weapon. Yes. Okay. Then you have to do what you do to defend yourself or defend the people she may be attempting to harm. But there are no words that a woman should be able to say to push a man to hurting her, except for we are in a space where we don't know who we are. Right. We don't have a sense of self-identity. In Black Man Lead, my rite of passage initiative, there are 11 principles to manhood. The first principle is a Black man never brings harm to a Black woman. The second is a black man always protects a black woman. Right. And and, and what I teach is, but, but, but think about it now, though. We're in a society that has commodified the black man. We're yeah. judged predominantly by our bank account. So the first question is, can he pay all the bills? Can he? So you're diminished as your in, uh, your income is is diminished. Diminished. You and, your and value so you, is diminished. Right. Your value is diminished as your income is diminished. No one's looking at any of the other attributes or characteristics you have. But what I teach the young men that I work with is, you were actually physically and naturally designed to be a protector before you were a provider. That's true. It, it's early as twelve or thirteen. You start outgrowing your female counterparts of the same age. Testosterone kicks in, you become stronger, your voice gets deeper, which is actually a defensive mechanism. It's the deeper the voice, the more intimidating you are. Exactly. Okay, so the voice is the first intimidator, the size is the second intimidator, and then if necessary, that testosterone also gives you aggression to go along with that size and that strength. So if you have to, there's a willingness to take action. And I teach them that aggression and that size isn't meant for you to turn on her. It's meant for you to protect her. So before exactly. you develop the skill set to go out and earn a living to provide for her, you physically gifted to protect her. And what we have lost in that is you got a bunch of guys, especially guys that are doing pretty well, that think because they got, quote unquote, the bag, they can handle their woman any way they want to. Right. Right. But they're missing all those other qualities that are right. the manhood. And, you know. I don't want to sound like I'm not sympathetic to the plight of other black men because trust me, I am, you know, I've been through it, Right. but at some point we have to have a line that is drawn in the sand, a line that's, that, that, that defines us as men. We have to have a mission, a mission statement, some descriptor, something, a memo is going to have to go out (laughs) because as black men, we have to, 
engage in more logical behavior, more responsible behavior when it comes to conflict. You know, I'm not speaking for everyone, but I have been noticing a trend. I, you know, masculinity, especially black masculinity has masculinity has been under attack for some time now. Right. It is, it is labeled and it is portrayed as the most toxic thing in society. Right. And, you know, I fear that this attack on black masculinity is starting to take its roots. It's actually starting to become effective because I'm being real with you. I'm seeing a whole lot of peanut butter and jelly, real soft, soft dudes out there that are way more emotional and than logical. Yeah, and that's I, a problem. I, I tend to call them moist. These yeah. guys, man, that have more fem but again, some of this is growing up in the home with single parent moms. It's true. Not to blame those moms. No, this is, oh, no. But here's the thing. A woman has to do what she has to do. It's not her fault she's single. You know, in in, in context. In most cases. I don't know what she's doing. You you can go to a whole bunch of what if she did this, what. But I'm saying that uh, I don't think there are a predominance of women out there that's saying, I'm going to go get pregnant, and then I'm going to get rid of the dude, and I'm going to raise the kid on my own. I don't think that's how most women are thinking. I think things happen and they end up in that situation. And our women, as a rule, show up and handle business. The thing is, I don't care how badly you want to handle business. They're They're not equipped. They're just simply not equipped to do. Right. And and you cannot, no matter how much you know you want from a man and how you want a man to treat you, you can't model manhood. It takes a man to right. create one. And now you have a home where all the predominant dominant energy in the home is feminine. It's feminine. Exactly. Now you have a, a young boy in the home, but he's operating under you. So the dominant energy in the home is what feminine in, in a truly balanced situation. You got both what feminine and masculine energy in the home. And it's a balance of nurture, discipline, strength, and guidance. And yeah. they work together and they sing together. And that creates the, optimal environment to rear a kid now we don't live in a perfect world so uh, we got a lot of single parent homes you're a single father i'm a i've been a single father so we're on the other opposite it's just certain things we aren't equipped to do right and And, 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 go go ahead ahead. no No. i was just gonna say that you know when you when you that's actually a very good point and you know when you bring up the fact yes i am a single father and i've been a single father of my son since he was a baby but even I know that I cannot fill the shoes of a mother. Right. I can only be the best parent that I can be. And in being that best, now, of course, being that he doesn't have you know, his mother actively in his life like that, I, I still, I would say that I embody a certain maternal nature, but I think I probably get more of that from my mother because I was very close to my mother. But right. I will never be his mother, right? And nor will I try to. Which means that I understand the sort the shortcomings that I may have when it comes to instilling certain things in him that he needs. But with that logical approach and understanding of that, I know let me pursue what I need to do or expose him to certain influences to create that balance. But we are are so adversarial with each other. That we've decided that no, I'm doing this all myself. That nigga ain't shit. Or I'm doing this. Please f her. 
And that's the problem. There's so much uh, conflict. And a lot of times we don't even realize that this conflict is intentionally driven by outside forces. Right. Uh, it's like uh, the analogy that they've given, and I'm pretty sure you've heard it before, where you could put two species of ants in a jar, black ants and red ants. You leave them alone, they leave each other alone. You shake that jar and they attack each other. Right. We have outside forces, especially primary via media, but also social engineering. Come on. That shake the jar. Yes. And they understand that the most powerful way to disu disunite us is gender, genderism. Of so, course. you know, and they've used a bunch of other, you got which colorism. Was never a comp which was never a problem in the the, Af the African diaspora. Let's just say that. This gender right. war nonsense, but go ahead. Right, right. But the westernized culture has basically infiltrated an idea or an yes. ideology yes. that creates individualism yes. on a level that all I care about is what I want. Yes. And so because I care about what I want, if you can't give me what I want, to hell with you. And nobody's thinking about building together because everybody is looking at the other person as the enemy. But I think we also need to put the caveat in that while this, this individualism is a societal influence, we have to also acknowledge that it is a targeted influence campaign because white, white folks, they got their family structure. I mean, it, I've noticed that you see so many other racial demographics that champion this individualism and this attack on the family structure while practicing family values within Fil their own communities. Right. Filial connectivity is across the board, whether you're talking white, Asian, Arab, Latino, uh, none, uh, none, uh, foundational blacks or immigrant blacks. The, 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 the family structure is still pr a primal. I mean, it's yes. literally inherent. And yet here we are, we've gone from 1960 in this country where Come 75 on. to 78% of black children were born in the two parent household yes. to now being 80% uh, not born. So you, you flipped it. And you're yep. asking why there's a decline in almost every area. And you can literally follow it statistically along the lines as that decline happened. You see the moral decline, the ethical decline, the lack of productivity and performance. All right. of these things are directly associated with it. The family is the institution through which values, interests, and principles and in, in character is established in children at a very early age when they're still in their developmental years. It's yeah. in that family structure that you give them everything that they're going to need to go out into a world that's inherently hostile towards right. them and win. If you sit up there and you break that family up, you break the mechanism of empowerment. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what we're facing. So that's why, I mean, it really breaks my heart when I see, listen, I, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Let me just be clear. I get it. I get it. I get the arguments that many of our brothers, you know, bring to the table. I get a lot of the arguments that our women bring to the table. But we have to create a mechanism for us to bring these conversations to the table in a respectful manner and in a way that is more solution oriented. Because let me tell you something, this society, especially in this country, it thrives upon black dysfunction 
Right. <laughs> and until we recognize that, we're not going to be able to resolve any of the issues that we often complain about. Right. Real briefly, because I'm actually, I love the fact that you're using StreamYard because it allows me to stream simultaneously from my side to, right. to my people. So to my people on the Black Voice, who always hear me talk about filmmaker Tony Lindsay, uh, I've had him on the teachers a couple of times, but this is the guy, and uh, extremely creative, uh, solid dude, uh, does what he says, means what he says, carries himself in a way that I'm proud to be associated with him, but I just want to make sure you guys know that, who, knew who this was. So let's go back. And I don't mean to take over, but I oh, want to go brother. back. I want to go back to what, guess. where we started. Uh, this guy, and I get it again. Where you say where guys are frustrated. The reason Kevin Samuels got such great footing. Is you know why he got such great footing despite the fact that he was extremely abrasive, that brothers gravitated to him because nobody else was giving black men a voice. It was plenty of podcasts of black women digging into black men. Yes, but it wasn't really a space. And then the other side of the equation was black women had black men catering to their frustration. Don't take this from a dude, don't take that yes. from a dude. Yes. You know, they had that, but here he comes and he's calling and he's giving them a voice. He's saying what they're feeling and not knowing how to say because he was articulate and he could speak it. Yeah. And most men, that's not our strength. That's why we shouldn't get into arguments with women. With women, yes. Right. Okay, so, but here's the thing. Mm -hmm. So for that to be an issue, you then have to say, okay, at least I understand why we're here. I can't justify what happened and my thing is, it's hard for me to get past that because of how I'm reared. And I was reared by a man who was born in 1909. So his idea of manhood was very, very strict and stern. This right. is what you do. There ain't no damn excuses. Right. You show up. You get your right. ass kicked, you show up again. But right. you don't do this. And the one thing I bet not ever catch you doing is putting your hand on a woman. Right. He never raised his voice. At my grandmother, the entire time he was, I was alive, and he died when I was twenty-five. So for twenty-five years, I never heard him raise his voice at her. And don't think she wasn't yapping sometimes. Right. He just go sit down, or he'll sit up, and say, "Okay, that's enough." See, that's and masculine that's energy. That that's that's masculine he, energy. And <laughs> see what 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 we've got to understand. A lot of times, our strength is in our silence. Our yes. strength is in being able to say, "Yes, you can't trigger me." Yes, and, but 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 what happens is you get triggered because you're weak. Tell me what what triggers a three year old to throw a temper tantrum? The lack of power. Yes, I can't force you to do what I want, so oh, I'm going oh, yeah. to make so much noise and cause so much of a disruption to the point that I'm going to get your attention. What you happens? To do it. Right. What happens is. As a parent, and like I said, I've been doing it a lot. I've got a bunch of kids, so I I learned real quick. Okay, he gonna throw he or she gonna throw a tantrum. I'm gonna go over here and sit down and ignore them. Right, because you've taken a the power couple, from them. One of few things happens: they either gonna get tired and pass out and fall asleep and wake up and forget what they were even throwing a tantrum about. Right, or are they gonna realize realize that it ain't nobody work. paying attention and they will literally drop it and go on about their business. Yes, but. So when you see a man acting out, 
he's acting out because number one, he doesn't know what it is. When 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 a young male arrives, that's why you see uh communities like the Jewish community, the Asian community, the Arab community having rites of passage where they literally start at three and four years old developing an idea of manhood and responsibility because they understand this. When a male gets to about 13 to 15 years old, they go through this phase of moving from puberty to adolescence, and now they're searching for themselves. They need a sense of identity. When they don't have it, they become disruptive. A sense of identity says, I know my place in this world. I have a sense of who I am with God. I know my responsibilities. I have an idea, even though it might change five times from now, I have an idea of what I want to do in my career. I know who I am. I have a place. Black men don't have a place, first of all. Second of all, most of us don't know who we are. Why? Because that's no universal definition of what a black man is. Everybody's making up their own rules based on who they are and where they're at. And the, it seems that the only real big thing you got to have is money. And what happens is the problem is if right. you don't know who you are and you do get money, you start to use it in the wrong way. Of course. So now you're using it to manipulate and control instead of cover and protect and and fulfill and and do do the things you're supposed to do with it and so but we're missing all the other parts right and now just to to get back to the 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 actual situation at hand right you know we've spoken to a couple of issues but one of the poignant issues that you pointed out was power this the the the, the power dynamic I think that's very important to to highlight in this situation because whereas he could not control her in that moment, he couldn't he couldn't control her mouth. Remember, you gave the example of the child. Like, listen, if I in order for me to get what I want, I'm gonna just throw attention. I'm gonna yell. I'm gonna do whatever to exert my power over you. In his case, there was no clear channel to exert his power. He couldn't get her to shut up, right. <laughs> obviously. So in his mind. He had to exert physical dominance over her, which was his idea of power, power over her. Right. And, right. And that's what you see with, with kids, uh, African-American adolescent and young adult male violence. The, the idea of violence and the ability to harm someone to stop them from doing whatever it is you want them to do as being the greatest representation of power. When, in fact, it tends to be the greatest representation of weakness. And, exactly. And exactly. That's, that's where we get confused. And one thing that I really want to, if there's one thing that I want to stress, that I want to highlight, I want us as black men to get away from the excuses. I want to get away from the excuse making. Now, one thing that I always teach my son, you know, just because you're right, it doesn't make you right. You know, you, you, you may be right in, in theory or, or, you know, precept. Right. But as far as your actions, what are you doing as a result of you being right? Because that's going to make you wrong because you're supposed to be a logical person. And I always tell him when you're angry, when you're at your angriest, that's when I need you to stop. I need you to breathe and I need you to think. Right. I've been teaching my son that since he was a toddler. When he gets all boiled up and frustrated, okay, hold on, breathe. Can't, you understand? It, right. it, like, he doesn't it's have to. Same, it's the same thing I teach. It is when you are moving as a man, your responsibility is to be able to evaluate the situation and determine what's right. What right? What's right isn't about as much the facts 
as it is the outcome of the uh, right the outcome and so who's responsible I, for that outcome you and and, and, and and being mature men we also know especially when dealing with women you can be factually right win the argument and you lost facts <laughs> yes you lost why because you didn't think about the outcome you got caught up in the emotion and you lost yourself and all you were worried about was winning right let me change my camera before so this thing that i'm still here though don't worry i'm still here okay okay so the we the, go. the the idea is this so as a man my responsibility isn't to win my responsibility is to produce the best outcome because in producing the best outcome i'm training myself to create positive and powerful environments not only for my the women around me, whether it's my wife, my daughters, my cousins, the women in my periphery, but also I'm training my sons how to do the same thing. And That's I'm right. developing a capacity to do so as well. So the power of a man is in control. Self-control. That's what self -control. I wanted to do. Right. That's you where your power lies. Yes. Because here's the thing. The very people that you are having issues with are the very ones that know they can trigger you and in triggering you they can get a response that can take your power away completely because yes. even if he didn't get killed he could have easily ended up where in jail in jail right where again you have no power and so what happens is you have to understand that anything that takes me away from my family has to be worth it now there may be a time and you have to be able to evaluate that. And I tell you all the time, I agree with Martin Luther King when he says a man that doesn't have something for which he is willing to die is not fit to live. But as you grow older, that thing for which you are willing to die changes. Right. It evolves. It becomes something that becomes honorable. Dying over a block you don't own is not honorable. Dying because some woman called you out your name or challenged your manhood verbally is not honorable. Sitting up and dying because someone attacked your wife and you defended her that's died in the process that's honorable and which so which it which can be argued that is the energy that that young man showed when yeah, someone that's what attacked the his mother he, he protected, protected her he did what he was designed to do now in an ideal situation you, you, you can't, but i guarantee you if you look at it and you go back in any stretch or you look at any situation anybody that is of adolescent age so let's say over 12 right and they're out with their mom and their mom comes home and even if they've got dad at home but they happen to be out with mom and mom comes home and she's been accosted he oh, better have tried to do something yes or he a dad's gonna have a problem with him why Listen. because what are you with her for and the thing is that's the thing it's just like uh it's it's funny because I think uh man, it's been a while, but she's 18 and graduated now. But when she was 13, first phone, this little boy, 16, got a hold to her. Not physically, but on the phone, and they exchanging text messages. And I find out about it. Now he's a 16-year-old. I can't really get at him the way I want to, but she's got brothers. So I say, Hey, I think y'all need to have a talk with him. Don't hurt him. But let him know she's covered. Right. You're not yes. slipping in here. And so by the time they were finished, she can't find him. Why? Because he knows. And why does he know? Because she doesn't just have a dad. She's got a dad that taught brothers right. what it means to be a protector. 
and you so know, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I was just saying, and, and that's that's that word covered. I think that's very important to this conversation. And as a man, it is our duty and our responsibility to be able to protect and to cover those around us. So as a young man, to exert that level of covering over his mother right. against, a, I mean, bro, for me, I, there, in, first of all, in no way can I fault that child. I cannot fault him. If he no. saw that his mother was in danger and he did what he felt he had to do in order to protect her, that's what it is. I see a lot of arguments, you know, uh, saying, well, when he chased him outside and I guess he shot him when he ran outside. But let's let's look at that. First of all, we cannot place the the level of responsibility and wisdom upon a 14 year old child that you would place upon a licensed adult gun owner who is who is educated on protocol and the law. He saw someone attacking his mother. We don't know how traumatizing that was, because if you watch that video, you see that dude was throwing haymakers. Like that yeah. dude was hitting he her. Was like, hitting, he was hitting her as if he was fighting a dude bigger like he, than him. He was fighting a man. Yeah. So, and, and imagine how terrifying that is to a 14 year old skinny kid. The kid is a, a he's a performing artist. He's an actor. Right. You know, my son is an actor. He, you know, he's not a fight. Well, I got him in MMA training now, so he's pretty tough. But, you know, I always try to teach my son the tenets of manhood. And I got to be honest, as a single parent and as the product of a two-parent household, I see the benefits of having both parents in the home. home. And we cannot make it that we're, that we're somehow uh, afraid to talk about that. You know, it, it's, this is something that we need to strive for within our community, to have a two-parent household. Have bo- and if they're not in the household, have them work together in a, in a, a, a cohesive co-parenting relationship people oh my god that is so important yeah go ahead and 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 the thing is i I think that we need to get to the stirring of the pot to understand why we need to understand why that's important because you know that that whole idea that i can do it by myself or there's some honor in doing it by myself that's nonsense and what, what we don't realize is because we take things at face value and they know if they give us something shiny or some kind of praise in an open environment on an open platform, we suck it up and we run with it. And it becomes the standard. We don't we don't realize. And, and I'm talking about positive praise here. I'm talking about yeah. we don't realize that the black girl magic and the strong black woman thing didn't come from black America. It that didn't. came from Europeans and it yes. came in a way to praise those women who were doing it without a man because they understood the psychological on, implications of Come praising on. you for doing something above and beyond Come what on. you were designed to do. You don't need that them, you would gravitate to it. And I've had people get real upset with me when mm-hmm. I sit up and say, I literally cringe every time I hear strong black woman and they go, oh, my God, you don't like strong. No. Yep. I was reared by a strong black woman, but she had a strong black, black man, man next right to next to her. That's right. Okay. And so I know the difference of seeing two people do it versus one person do it. I don't care how awesome they are. So my cringing when I hear the word isn't because I have a problem with strong black women. I love my sisters and they're awesome. My problem is that every time I hear that word, it's applied to a woman that's doing something that she shouldn't on her own without a man. Be doing 
And it, I personally it, believe that a strong black woman is strongest when she's with a strong black, black man. man. I think black men and women are strongest together. When they're connected with a stronger counter, a strong counterpart. Yes, max, masculine energy and feminine energy, they complement each other. It, it they're not to be seen it, yes. as adversarial, which is right. what we've been conditioned to right. see, you know, to interpret in this day it, and it, age. It, it's crazy. And you, you alluded to this. And with you being in film, you, you're very familiar with the media and how it works and the psychological implications. So, look, you look at it and you see all this stuff pushed that pushes this individualism, this mm -hmm. broken homeness. But it's not happening in any of the places from the people who are actually doing it. The people who are pushing this in media going home to wife and kids. And, exactly. And, 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 and yet exactly. it's constantly bombarded on us. And we and, and and look, we we we've gotten to the point now. We're in last place, socioeconomic in yes. every socioeconomic category. We're last place. The wealth gap is actually widening. Yeah, they're giving us the illusion that we're coming up, but we're actually getting worse. There's a there's and a we're problem. being praised all along the way. Our yeah, women are being you, praised. Y'all so awesome. But the truth of the matter is we're, we're more powerless now than we were before the civil rights movement. Facts. Okay. So then why is that? It's because we, so I bring this up all the time. I know people are tired of it, but I want your people to hear this. When J. Edgar Hoover in the sixties was asked, what's the greatest threat to national security? We were in the middle of a cold war with the Soviet union. Yep. We didn't name them. We had just come out of the Cuban Missile Crisis where they had missiles pointed at us. He didn't name them. We were at odds with almost every right. Arab nation in the Middle East. Didn't name them. China was starting to establish a move economically to present themselves in years to come as a potential world power. He didn't name them. You know what he said? Black unity. Black unity was, and he meant it. You know how I know he meant it? He created within the FBI COINTELPRO, which was a counterintelligence agency operating inside the USA to infiltrate black unity groups like the Black Panther movement, the Black Nationalist movement, right. and to disband them. It was that same program that killed Fred Hampton. Yes. Yes. Okay. Why? Because they understand if we let them stay together, their natural creativity, their natural intellect, the five, the three highest IQs in the world right now belong to black, three black children. Black kids. Yes. I know. Yes. So, so the idea that we're intellectually inferior has been blown out of the water. Yeah. And so, what we know is most of the stuff we're sitting up now, benefiting from, came from a black mind, including this darn gone podcast. Of course. Who built this country? What do you? Who do you think are the true innovators that even came up with the ideas that were needed to to get us to where we are today? I mean, bro. All right. We, we see. We, we we get into all of that. We're gonna have to. You know, do like a whole new show, right? But, but here's, if you, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you this. If there was a message that you could give to black men today, what would it be? Initially, first and foremost, find out who you are. You can't be anything to anybody else. Husband, father, uh, boss, anything until you know deeply who you are. And when I say deeply, it's important. I don't mean pretending to be or hoping to be. I mean, you've got to know deep down inside who you are. That means you may have to do some work. 
You may have right. to work with somebody, but you need to discover who you are because you're unbelievably powerful and the whole damn system is set up to convince you that you're not. So they throw the woman at you because that's your weakest link. That's your weakness. Oh, oh if, yes. you, if they can get her at odds with you, you're going to be shook yes. because she's meant to be your strength. She's meant to be the pillar you lean into. But when y'all are at odds, you can't stand. But here's the problem. When you don't know who you are, everything people do that upsets you will shake you, mm -hmm. take you out of character. And if you're out of character, you can't perform. Men perform best when we think. We perform yes. best when we plan. We perform best. And what I'm saying is, you, you've seen the movies where the guy's son gets killed and everybody's looking and they're expecting him to go on this big tirade. And he sits there and he plans for three, four, five years before he exacts his revenge. And when he does it, he walks away clean. Why? He didn't let his emotions rule him and he didn't act out of anger. Because what happens? You go in there, two shots fired, you get one person, they get you. You still didn't get the person that did it. That, and it's so many other things though. The woman needs your balance. She needs you to be able to say, don't worry about it. I got it. If you are on the same emotional kill as you, she'll argue with you and she'll go back and forth with you, but she can't really trust you to hold it down because when things get shook, you're going to be just as shook as she is. Yes. Yes. Uh, I, I want, I would say if I were to lump, what I want to say to black men into, I would probably just lump it into a, a brief story about my situation. Like, as you know, I'm a single parent. Um, but for, I would say the first six or seven years of my son's life, most of that time was spent in wasted court battles and harassment and, and like a highly contentious relationship with his mother. Now, you know, I, and I do realize that I was allowing myself to be triggered by her. But the moment, there was a one specific moment of clarity for me when through all the drama she was putting me through, all of the tens of thousands of dollars I was spending in court while she was allowed to basically do it for free, all of the stress I was going through, I was arguing with her, right? She's yelling, I'm yelling. She's calling me all types of things. You know, you know, women are very good when they challenge your manhood, calling me all types of homosexuals and this, that. You know, that's what they do. They know right. the triggers. Right. But she said something to me that made me stop dead in my tracks. She said, you know what? By the time I'm done with you, you're going to be gray all over. Every hair on your body is going to be gray by the time I'm done with you. And you know what that told me? That told me that she made it her mission. She knew how to control me. And it was evident. And I'm listen, you see all this gray? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wasn't gray like this. But her intention, she expressed that her intention was to basically destroy me emotionally. And that was her mission. So at that moment, I, under, I identified the weapon that the enemy was using against me. And I decided no longer am I going to allow her to control me. Right. And there are far too many brothers out there who are allowing our men, our women to control them through the words that they speak. I know it hurts. I know it, 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 it tears at your gut. And I know it, it makes you feel hopeless, especially 
when it seems like there's no other way out. But we right. have to understand that as men, our power can be in our silence. But I even have one even bigger for you. Our power, our true power is in forgiveness. We have to understand that our women are just not who they are in this moment. And as logical, understanding, empathetic, responsible men, we have to identify the problem. Once we identify that problem, then we have the tools to remedy that problem. I remember I was talking to my father one time and I was like, I was at the end of my rope. Like I was considering doing some bad stuff. And this is concerning my son's mother. And I was like, daddy, like, what should I do, man? What should I do? And you know what he said to me? Forgive her. Hmm. And he said, how can you help her if you're not willing to forgive her, if you don't forgive her? Bro, that sat with me to this very day. But, but in, in what they've done, man, is they've taken the natural forceful aggression of a man that's actually designed for him to be a protector. Yes. And they forced him to turn it on what he should Inverted be protecting. It. Yes. And so what happens is we see the vitriol coming towards us, the emotional vitriol. And so we make it so you're trying to hurt me and destroy me. I'm going to destroy you. But we have the power. We have the power as men. And I've been saying this for years that there's a hurt within the black woman that's real. Yes. Yes. And, and we have to acknowledge that what's yes. hurting her is real. And mm. so ignoring it and saying you're tripping, that's gaslighting. Yes. But we got to let them know, listen, it's OK. It's I OK. Understand. But what I'm not going to do is be an addition to what you've been through by right. attacking. I, and I may actually end up emotionally hurt, but I'm not going to physically hurt you because of it. I'm going to love you anyway. And I, I, I used to say this a lot. I say, there's a part of us when we are whole and we are behaving like men, we have the power to love our women back to life. Yes. Yes. And that's where we've got to start. We've got to look at it and say, ooh, that hurt. And mm -hmm. see, I've been there in the past year. I've been there. But the thing is, I'm not going to carry anger or hatred because I understand. Yes. You know, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to love anyway. I'm going to love anyway. And then I'm going to position myself based on behavior and, and move back. But what we cannot do as men is match energy. Right. That's not how we, what we do is we set. We have standard. a different type of energy. Right. We have to set the standard. I'm going to tell you something. Even the most irate, if you sit up there and you go, and and, and, and this is, I'm not going to argue with you. Not my woman. I'm not going to You know, we may have a couple of exchange of words. The moment it becomes argument, it's over. Why? Because the argument isn't about finding solutions. The argument is about winning. I don't care about winning. I care about the outcome. And if I win, I lose. So right. th there's no reason for me to participate because I can't win either way. Either I'm going to sit up and let you win or I'm going to sit up. So my, my, my response well, is, hmm. I'm going to be honest with you. Now, I guess it depends on a person's interpretation of an argument, because I will tell you, if I feel something, I'm going to make sure that it's heard. And we have to also acknowledge that one thing that any human requires that they really need is to be heard like everyone wants to be heard and when you feel like you've been ignored and you've been silenced for so long 
that builds up within you. So right. as a man, I want men to feel um, well empowered, empowered right. to, to, but to that, be that, heard. To me, there's a difference in being able to say what you need to say. And, and I'm like this. I'm not saying in, in you know, in hostility, and, and right. all, but, but sometimes and, it happens. But I just think communication is essential because oh. while men do have work to do, listen, our women do also have a lot of work to do as well. Right. You know, and it's not going to really happen if they're not exposed to the information and the wisdom that we can impart upon them. And sometimes it takes place in the midst of an argument. But if you control yourself, see, it's about yeah. controlling your emotion. Well, again, and you're 100 percent right. It's it, it, it's not in the expression of an opposing idea. It's in the delivery of the expression. Yes. Uh, see, she's going to be coming at you Come on. in a way that you feel offended. Yes. Because why? Number one is our number one need is what? Respect. So we've been taught from little kids when somebody challenges your position, it's disrespectful. Your kid talks and says something about how yes. they feel about something. They disrespectful. If somebody, mm -hmm. so everything that's opposing is automatically interpreted as disrespect. So right. when she's coming at you because you ain't on the same page, you interpret it as disrespect. And the way we deal with disrespect is not how we're supposed to be dealing with our wives. So, yes. our women. so then what we have to step back and do is say, look, when is, is there going to be a moment? Sometimes there's not a moment. If she's yelling and screaming, and fortunately, in my last situation, it wasn't a lot of yelling and screaming. It wasn't a whole lot of arguments. Uh, there was some differences. But when, when there was a difference, the one thing I can say about this is when I handled it right, it turned out right. And, of course. And and here's how, here, here, here's how I would probably go. Hey, whatever the situation, and I would sit up and say, hey, look, you know, I'm not trying to argue. I'm not trying to get into it. You know, I love you, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we'll go away. And what I and what she would do without fail is she would come back and say, hey, you know what? I've been thinking about what happened. Yes. Come and on. And I just want to say, first of all, I'm sorry. I suddenly said blah, blah, blah. And shit, I, that's the golden right. grail, brother. When your woman right. says I'm sorry. <laughs> right. And that was never a problem. That, that, you know, that high content contention all the time because again two people who don't want to harm each other will find out ways to not harm each other but to me i believe it starts with the man i believe in i get a lot of brothers and you probably get this too i get a lot of brothers who like well they're wrong too you know so why do i have to because you're, you're a man you're the leader you're the leader See, the whole thing is yes whether you're talking about NBA coaches, NFL coaches, CEOs, uh, whatever, anybody who's the head, anybody who's the leader has the additional responsibility. You. you have more. How many coaches got fired this past uh, NBA season after the season was over for stuff that players did on the court? Yeah. That's so, right. But the buck stops with the head. So that's then, right. and, but here's what I can tell you is as the head, when you decide that you're going to create an environment that she can flourish in, you're going to have fewer problems. Doesn't mean you're not going to have problems. And the thing that I think we have to see as men, and the one thing that I'm still grooming myself to do, is to see my faults yes. in the midst of it so that I don't take this hard line approach to look at what you're doing. 
because she has just as much right to have her feelings. It may or may not be justified, but the moment you take a stance that I'm going to prove to you that you're wrong, you've already lost. Right. You know what? Self-inventory, it tends to be the most difficult of tasks, but it is a responsibility that we have all the same because once you're able to look inward and, and identify where you did something wrong, brother, I'm telling you, like you're you're like 10 steps ahead of the game you know yeah. that's why like people when you talk about getting therapy like that should never be a tap a taboo topic in the black community you know what i'm saying i do believe that black people need black therapists you know people who right. can understand and empathize with them 100 agree but you know i've been to therapy but i know that like one of the the, the primary purposes of that therapy is being able to identify being able to identify things about yourself and how to control your response to certain things, how to deal with the world around you. And I think far too many of us, men and women, are just not properly equipped to deal with the world and the circumstances around us. And we, we, we are trying to conquer life. We're trying to conquer the world and we haven't conquered ourselves. Right. But and we're also being fed misinformation on right. what needs specifically to be conquered. We're right. being fed a false narrative of what of where our power lies. And we're being told that our power lies in our ability to dominate our our counterparts. Right. And, and that's what people don't understand. Whereas this dysfunction truly is not evident in other groups. It's not. There is a specific interest in in fomenting. Uh, uh, dis discord and dysfunction in the black community, and we have to be able to identify that. And that 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 to me that is it. Uh, unfortunately, another black life loss. But again, if we are functioning from a clear understanding of proper manhood, we never get to that right. point. It never would have gotten to that point. It never right. gets to that point. But because he interpreted what she was doing at such a major infraction. Plus he's got his girlfriend in his ear, literally mm. telling him to hit her. That's something that we're going to have to talk about in another episode too, because and yeah. he's got cameras on him. That's showing mm. this woman in, in his mindset, handling him. The only way he can establish himself now is to exert the only advantage he has. Exactly. And as the girlfriend stated, he was protecting me. Protecting you from what? From who? She's not even in the frame. Right. And the woman is having to engage with him. It, uh, but that is going to be the argument for those people who want to defend what he did. And to me, until we as men can get on the same page of understanding who you are. But see, that's why the family is so important too. That's also why I create the rite of passage that I created. Why? Because the instilling of protecting over harming comes, if you anchor it early, it will automatically take over. Yes. It's just something about, if my responsibility is to protect, any urge to harm does something to me. That's right. You, so, That's right. And so it's not, it, I mean, it's like anything else. We are socialized into our total behavior. So yes. you can socialize men into being protectors or 
you can leave the world to socialize them into hostility and violence. Exactly. So they turn in on themselves and on their women. And we don't have to worry about the black population. Right. So, you know, I, I know it's getting late. I know you got to go, brother. But, you know, I just want to uh, thank you for participating in this conversation. Um, I know that there are a lot of issues that we didn't really get to cover that much in this one, you know, small conversation. But if there's anything now, I, I just want the brothers in particular, because it's clear that the overwhelming majority of people, you know, they're they're on the side of Carlisha Hood and her son. And I personally think that everybody lost in this situation. Yeah, I do, too. You know, so I'm never going to make fun of that, that the guy who lost his life. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I just don't want to participate in the in the media campaign that that's usually there to, you know, continue to demonize black men. And I, I get it. What he did was absolutely wrong. But I think it benefits us to try to understand what led him to do what he did. And right. is this something that is pervasive within our community? Right. You know, this is this is this something that is indoctrinated into us? Is this, you know, he's not. I just don't want to get to this point where we're painting segments of our communities of our community based upon the actions of one person or this person or that person so at the end of the day we have a 14 year old young man who is traumatized probably for the rest of his life right right you, you know we have a mother who i'm not saying has no fault in anything that she did i mean i, I kind of find it hard to see her fault in this situation i mean there's a lot of people saying what she said after the son shot him but that really doesn't hold any relevance to the action to what actually happened when the son defended her so i don't want us to get into you know the mud slinging because we're mad at the the end result you know what i'm saying let's right. try to identify the issues and see if we can all work together to solve them so when i like you know when i when i start my podcast i just want it to be productive conversations i want the people who have those views that most people might be um uh hostile towards i want you to come on the show and i want you to share your perspective because you will be respected i'm not saying you won't be challenged but right. you will be respected right we i want us to create an environment where we can all have those conversations the taboo conversations the conversations that we're not allowed to have due to censorship and all of that nonsense but i want us to be able to have those conversations in order to find common ground and grow from it and you know you know what i'm saying so Hopefully we can achieve that. And, you know, any final thoughts that you want to share, brother? I appreciate it. Um, uh, first of all, as always, thank you for having me on. Uh, I love having conversations with people who are educated on the topics that we're discussing. Uh, I don't I don't have a problem with dissenting opinions uh, or iron sharpens iron. But we tend to have a lot of like or similar uh ideologies especially around manhood and i think it's probably because we were reared by men uh my final suggestion is we've got to find a way to find each other mm. uh black men find black women black women find black men black men love on black women black women love on black men 
nobody is winning in this gender war except those people who don't look like us, who benefit from our dysfunction and our disunity. The only way that we challenge this, the only way that we ever really truly achieve empowerment, the thing we talk about so much but do very little to do is if we come together and we come in unison and we sync that feminine energy with that masculine energy to produce, relationship. to produce a synergy that allows us to do things that we could not do as individuals. That's what scares the hell out of them. Yes. And that's why they work so hard to keep us apart. Amen. Amen. That was a word right there. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in for this uh, conversation. There will be many more. And uh, some of them might be a little more risque, controversial. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, but I'm really happy that you, you came on, brother. I really appreciate your input. And to the rest of you guys, you will be seeing us again soon. The first episode of the podcast will be in the coming week or so. All right. So thank you again to Dr. Rick Wallace. Someone did ask me earlier in the comment section, uh, what's his name? It's Dr. Rick Wallace. He's a friend of mine on, you can find him on, uh, he's, you're on my, my Facebook contact list. Uh, yeah, I'm going to share any friend, other man. social media or huh? do you want to share any of the other social media? Do you have, uh, I'm on YouTube as the black voice. I'm on, uh, Facebook as Dr. Rick Wallace, Rick Wallace, PhD, uh, the Odyssey Project and the Black Voice on Facebook, and also uh, Rick Rick Wallace. I think Rick Wallace twenty one on on uh, Twitter and Instagram. All right, all right, y'all. Thank you for tuning in, and uh, I'll see you in the green room. So just don't hang up yet, brother. Oh, I'm uh, not going yet. I'm not going. All right, y'all. Thank you very much for coming. And let, let, let me let me get my little my little <laughs> my rollout oh. banner thing. <laughs> Hold on, let me do it. Here we go.